Welcome to the podcast where we sometimes talk about fitness, but we always talk about nothing. I'm Haley Jones. I'm Mandy Jones. And, and this, this is Jones or Side. Alrighty, welcome back to episode 28, 28. of Jones or Side. How do we get here? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> We're over halfway through our first year. Yeah. Of many years to come. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I just, I, it actually does blow my mind. I don't know how we're in March. Yeah, that's what I can't believe is March. I don't, I don't, I can't, I just can't believe any of it. But anyway, but we're excited about this episode. It's oh, a, yeah, It's yeah. a cross-training episode. This could be a little bit intense. This yeah. is fit, ten, fit intensity. Today. No, it's going to be good, though. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> it's good. We're going to take deep breaths, <laughs> and we're going to get through it. <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with getting your heart rate up over a bit. Yeah, I guess You know, so. it's fine. Um, it's cross training. It is cross training, but we're going to take a deep dive into the book, the coddling of the American mind. But before we get started, just a reminder, go follow us on Instagram at Jones or size pod. And you know how you, um, you know, you tell all your people about your favorite, I don't know, miniature dachshund <laughs> Instagram account. I do know someone they, that does that. Yeah. You know, so then tell people about the Ginger side. Yeah, Instagram account. If, if we bring you some joy. Yeah, tell them about the podcast. Come on, tell them about yeah. the pod. Um, also, if you need us, because we are official. We are official. You can email us at JonesorSaysPod at gmail.com. gmail.com. And we have Spotify now. It's linked in our bio on Instagram. Yeah. because we're gonna, sound cool. We're going to try to, um, it seems like people have enjoyed that playlist yeah. episode that if you haven't heard it yet it's episode 27 yes so go check it um we're working on sound yeah our sound engineer <laughs> needs a little more so hold tight and so we are um but so we're, we're going to try to bring that into our normal rotation so i think that could be fun but anyway before yeah, we cross yeah. train we got to get warmed up so let's warm it up chris <laughs> okay so all I want to say is, um, I should have queued up the song. Dang it. Well, basically I'm back to group fitness after I guess four years. Is it four? Maybe, I'm maybe three and a half. I don't know. It's <laughs> been a while. It's been a while. Okay. It's been a minute. Yeah. And I'm back Mondays at nine 30. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're in Maryville, that's where I am. The national fitness. So today was my first, like I subbed on Friday. That was a little rough. And because the music went out during the warm up <laughs> and somebody so walked warm out. Up, it's fine. Um, but today went really well. It was good. I, it feels good to be like, I don't know. It, it was fun. It was good. And I think it's also good because um, my mind is like, I'm always thinking about like work and like blah, blah, blah. But that makes me like think about something else. So nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like focused attention on something else. Not that I'm mind thinking about work. It's just, I get so all caught up in like clients and like real estate and all this. And I'm just like, it's been good to have something like intentional to do. It's almost meditative. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's good on for it. me. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we're glad you're back. Thanks. I wish that I could participate in your class, I know. But I have, you know, those other. She has her own class. class. at the same time. So anyway, I don't get to, but maybe one day, um, yeah, maybe, maybe one day. day, maybe one day I'll get it to get to do it. But anyway, all right. So my warm up is not as positive. Oh, so yesterday, <laughs> so yesterday 
we went to, uh, or I was meeting, um, uh, basically I have taken kind of a new like job position or whatever. And so I was meeting with, um, who I'm taking the position from. And so she was kind of training me and we yeah. met at, this is random target off North shore. Oh, and wait, like you talked in the like clothing section. No, we were going to sit down at the Starbucks in there at a little table yeah. and have a little discuss, but they wouldn't let us. They jumped over the counter and pushed us out and said, we can, we're not allowed to sit at tables. Yeah, and they was tables. Their clothes. So anyway, so, so we were like, no big deal. We'll just go down to Publix and sit at their little deli. So I got in the car to do that and my car wouldn't start. Oh gosh. And so at first I thought, I wait, which car was it? It was my car, the so my Land Cruiser. Oh, 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 mm -hmm. oh. It wouldn't start. And I thought, have, I'm, but I thought it wasn't the battery because the way it was, everything was coming on. Yeah. But I thought, I don't think it's the alternator because I've had that happen before. Yeah. So I didn't know what was happening. So I thought I'm just doing something wrong. So I actually got out of the car, locked it, <laughs> unlocked it got back in and redid all of it <laughs> start like, over like a reset like turn it off and back on again. yes 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 because I just thought I'm gonna call my husband and have him come up here and he's gonna be like you were pressing the gas not the oh you yeah. know what I mean and you're like let me avoid that because I'll so, never hear that yeah, yeah so but I still just couldn't get it to work so anyway a long story short I called Lisa and she came back and picked me up we went on I went on to Publix and I called Chris and he and the Duke because the Duke was with him because they we were all running around yesterday yeah. came to the North Shore off Target he could not get it started either so anyway we had to have it towed oh. but it's just really funny we have this ongoing debate with most people because as you know how many I mean how, what percentage of our cars are Toyotas? 100. Okay. 100. They have a fleet of Yodas. Okay. <laughs> we have and all. And you have that. You've had it. I've only ever known you to have a Toyota. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, we, when we first got married, I drove a Nissan. Okay. But then that's it. Blasphemy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, and Chris Jones did. Oh. Oh. When we first got married, yeah. he drove a sweet Cadillac DeVille. What? Yes. We bought it from the owner of his company. Yeah. He was going to um, donate it. Yeah. But it was kind of like a hassle. They were, it was really strange with yeah. the title and everything. And so Chris said, I'll, you know, I'll take it or buy it or whatever. So we bought it for a hundred bucks. What? Uh-huh. A hundred dollars. That's what they required at the county for a sale. Or maybe it was 150. I can't remember. And we drove the Cadillac DeVille and it was amazing. Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. So he drove that for a little while. And then we also, he had an infinity for a little while. Oh. Um, literally for like less than a year. Okay. But we've always had Toyotas. But anyway, so I called Hutton to tell him, hey, this is what's going on. Cause we were both gone. Right. For a very a long, long time. period of time. And so I called him and said, this is what's happening or whatever. And the first words out of his mouth are, don't ever tell Mr. Ryan because some friends of ours, <laughs> we always have a debate. Like, oh, what's better? What's better is Toyota versus like General Motors car. Oh my gosh! And he was like, "Don't ever." That was the he didn't you say. Never. 
Oh yeah, it was so funny. But, but now course, we're talking about it on a podcast, so it's- yeah. Oh no, he knows. <laughs> we took pictures and sent it to him. Right? Oh my god, and that's so funny. He said, "I'm resting easy, knowing you have another Toyota that you can drive on your Monday commute." I was like, "Yes, yes, I am." So what's wrong with it? Or you don't it's know the starter? Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, no big deal. So anyway, so it was just really funny because. You know, that's always fun. I was just glad it wasn't like 1.30 on a Thursday trying to get back. Oh, to, right. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like, it, it actually, if it had to happen at that time, that was, it worked out well. Yeah. yeah. It was good stuff. Yeah. So, um, having, and it, actually, that was another thing. It was only, I think it was only $85 to have it towed oh. back to Maribel. Yeah. I mean, and think about it. They could have charged us anything. Yeah. I mean, we have. literally, you can do nothing. Yeah, yeah, like basically you just have to pay. Yeah. Like, and so I was surprised that it was that. I yeah. was thinking it was gonna be way more than that. So bravo to I think it was called like Bradley something. I don't oh. know. But anyway. I mean not a sponsor, but we're open. We to are it. open to it, we're honestly. To it. I mean All right, so you've seen my Honda <laughs> break down in your own driveway. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. We can Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are we ready for this? Yeah. Okay. So we read The Coddling of the American Mind, colon. Yes. How good intentions and bad ideas are setting up a generation for failure. Okay. So it's a book by Jonathan and Greg. Yeah. They published it in 2018. Yeah. Um, it's basically, if you didn't read it, it is not a lot about coddling. No, it's not. And it's not a lot about general American minds. Yeah. It's really specifically college students. Yes. Yes. So let's be clear on that. That's the lens yes. of it. It's the college student, really. Um, so, but anyway, this is what some, these are someone else's words. It examines major cultural phenomenons such as cancel culture, the emotional fragility of modern youth, and the us versus them mentality. Um, so anyway, it talks about kind of how we got there, suggestions on how to get out of it, mm. um, and that kind of thing. So anyway, so there are three untruths that they kind of talk about the whole time. Um, <clears throat> what are those three untruths, okay. Haley? Um, sorry, hold on one second. Why are you sorry? Okay, the untruth of fragility, which is what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Uh, the untruth of emotional reasoning, which is always trust your feelings, and the untruth of us versus them. Life is a battle between good and evil people. So they're basically saying the first part of the book is them addressing these three untruths, which are what they're saying is fragile, like iGen. So people basically born after 95 that mm -hmm. are in college right now, basically people that have always had internet. Like yes, in their pocket, like smart, like yeah, smartphones, smart yeah. yeah, or social media, I guess, is what I, would really be more appropriate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like from when they're in school. So, right. anyway, so those are the three untruths. So they spend time talking about the idea of like what doesn't kill you makes you weaker, why that's wrong, and then also about the other two, always trusting your feelings, why that's wrong, and then life is a battle between good and evil, and why that's like why that is not the correct way to look at life. So, and then they talk about why we got this way and then the back half of the book is about or the back third is about what to do moving forward kind of like recommendations yes okay so i thought this was an interesting book for Haley and i to discuss because i have children that are teenagers mm -hmm. 
and I'm not an educator. Yeah. Haley does not have children. Mm-mm. And she is a retired educator. Yes. And we all. Retired, I like that. Yeah. She's a retired educator. So I just thought it could be interesting. So we're going to bring different viewpoints Viewpoints, on this for sure. And I feel like I need to make a disclosure because those of you that know me that are listening, you know that if I start talking about education, it becomes a whole thing. So I just want to say on the front end, I'm rather passionate about this. She's very passionate (laughs) about education. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the, so anyways, just know that on the front end you can fast forward through me. So no, I just, why would we do that? because I feel like every time I start talking about it, it's like, I just can't, it's like, well, that's yeah. why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're, we'll, we'll, we'll do some media. It's like a bad party trick. Anytime I'm at somebody's house or like a party and someone will ask me about education and then I'll get going you and better, I just can't you, stop. You just get that. And I think Shay is like, why did you, yeah, they're like, her. why did you ask her about that? <laughs> I have it's those so things. bad no, uh, I have the same things oh uh, but yeah. I don't want to be like that but anyways I know I have I have similar I mean not education but you know we all yeah, have the things I that know, we're passionate about but I'm just like oh. so anyway um okay so my first question is were you taught any of those three untruths no. what doesn't kill you make you just makes you weaker no um, no the um I just need to leave that page open yeah um always trust your feelings yes yeah. okay so do do you think that those are being taught in our educational systems? Um, no, I mean, I, I don't think so. I don't, I think more, it's more about, well, I do think that there is a coddling in terms of anxiety. And I don't mean to say that to be harsh about anxiety, but like we're producing and doing things within schools that are anxiety inducing for certain students mm-hmm. aka all the testing mm-hmm. so some students take that on as like ah, I gotta do well and some students are like I don't care so depending on what the and that's like very broad but I'm being like very extreme but anyways I don't think like I do think there is some like coddling or tolerance of misbehavior in terms of what's happening for example um I had a student once locked herself in a closet because she was so nervous to do standardized testing. Freshman in high school, locked herself in the closet in the classroom. The teacher's like freaking out. The teacher feels like she can't do anything. This like halts the testing, which are on a very short timeline. And so things like that. And that's not an uncommon like occurrence where a student's just like freaking out. But then at the same time, it's like, we tolerate that. Where I don't think you need to escalate it. Like obviously that kid's very anxious. But I don't think you also need to coddle them and be like, you know, like get the student out of the closet. Look, you can have your breakdown somewhere else. Right. <laughs> like, but we, we need to move Like on. we're moving on. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I don't think, and I think that, you know, from an education standpoint, a lot of schools feel like they can't necessarily do that because of backlash with parents or <clears throat> is a kid going to record this? And then it's going to, it's going to get to wherever. And we're not going to be able to, we're never going to have a voice about what happened. Or So I do think there is some coddling around like student behavior, whether it's testing or whatever, but in terms of like these three untruths, I don't necessarily know that that's like a thing. I think that the only one that resonated most, the one that resonated most with me, which I wasn't taught any of these yeah, no. growing up yeah. and within my family or my educational system. But the one that really kept standing out to me was the, the untruth that always trust your feelings. Yeah. I feel like that is, that is in our culture now. Yeah, I agree. If it feels good, do it. Right. If it makes you happy, do it. 
if it's, if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't make you happy, don't do it. Well, that's not life in general. Right. It does not make me happy at all to tell my kids no. Right. It does not make me happy at all. Right. It actually, life is way easier when they're only asking for me to do things that are yes. (laughs) Right. And it's easier for them. It's easier for me. And, and life is great when they start asking me to do things that there is, that that's a no. And that's not just with kid raising. I mean, that's like with everything with, with people, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I don't like to tell people no. Right. So if I'm trusting my feelings, right. Then I'm going to say yes. Because it feels good right. to say yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is, of, of all of them, I feel like that's the most pervasive. That's the beginning pumped in. Yeah. Um, I do think there's also like a whole culture of um, like on Instagram or like influencers that they make a business out of like, and I feel like this is specific to women. I don't know that this is for men so much, but the idea of like, trust your intuition, trust your feelings. Like if you're like, so I, I think that there is some like, not, I don't want to say predatory, but I do think like this is people are making a business out of encouraging mm-hmm. people to like trust their feelings. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a difference between like, I'm deciding to do something and I know this is the right thing to do, but the process is going to be hard to get where I'm going versus like, I'm just going to do this because it makes me feel good when it's not going to lead me to anywhere else. Right. No, I totally, you know what I mean? Yes. So, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. And I, and I think you're right. I do think there is a lot of that. Yes. A lot of the feeling thing. And on the flip side of that, I sometimes live in a space where I don't know what I feel. Yes. Right. Um, and so I think that that then also makes me feel super frustrated when right. someone says, well, what do you, you know, right. well, what do you, what do you, you know, what are you feeling where I'm a little more cerebral. Right. And so I start to process it that way. So I do think there's a, there's a balance. Right. And I think it's also interesting to like trust, especially people that have had like more traumatic experiences and maybe they've gotten into those experiences because they didn't trust a feeling or they, Mm -hmm. and they went, they did it anyways. Mm -hmm. And then now they just don't trust themselves as a person at all. Right. And so I don't think that's good either. Like, I do think you should trust yourself, but I don't think that looks like I'm just going to do what feels good. Right. No, I I think, and I think you're right. I think that's just. It's back to my word, my yeah. awareness word. You just gotta be self-aware. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you have to know who kind of who you are. Right. So anyway, but, um, okay. Um, also I really, this, this untruth about life is a battle between good. It's evil, good and evil. I just, that whole point, honestly, I was like, I don't think they made a good argument around it. I think it was like two dichotomous and he's talking about like these, these spectrums and I think the spectrums exist for a purpose I don't think like anyone's teaching you need to be extreme or extreme now there are extremists which is a lot of this book we saw but I just I don't think I don't think it's as as prevalent as what was implied I guess I guess what I I think you're I think the media makes it seem like yeah everybody is either what is it like QAnon yeah or which is extreme right yeah or I don't know what the example would be for extreme left I'm not really sure but you know what I'm saying yeah. like I, I don't know I mean I know there's people out there that actually you know really believe in all of these conspiracy theories and yeah. all the crazy that goes on and then I think there's people that think that you know we should be complete socialists and you know you know I mean right. I know those are out there right um I do feel like 
Some days I, I totally agree with what he said. Some days I think this is a battle of us versus them and yeah. good versus evil. And then some days I think, eh, like in my little world, yeah, I'm not sure I feel that way. But I just think that's an easy way. I think that's a cop out. Like things are just not that simple. It's just not black and white. And there, that's why people get to the extremes, right? Because it's easier to Mm -hmm. live in an extreme because you don't have to make decisions outside of your extreme. It is this truth. It is this, it's easier to be that way. It's easier to be black and white than to have any kind of gray. Yeah. Nobody wants to, but like life is not that way. People are not black and white. Like it is, it's not that. You know, well, I've heard you say many times before talking about the education system that kids and students are human beings. Yeah. And so it's kind of like you can't just, you can't make blanket things. I mean, right. you're still dealing with a human. Right. So exactly. you can have an expectation. Right. But it's right. still a human. So, right. yeah. Um, all right. So, okay. So I just wrote down some things. Okay. So let's talk about paranoid or helicopter parenting. They talk about this. Yes. And um, that is creating this anxiety. Yeah. Do you agree or disagree? That paranoid or helicopter parenting? I don't know that I've necessarily dealt with paranoid parents per okay. se, but I do know I've dealt with lots of helicopter or bulldozer parents um what we have called what i what we call them at our house mm-hmm. the bulldozer parent that he spoke of um we call them lawnmower parents mm-hmm. so they cut down the grass mm-hmm. so you're so you don't have to go through the weeds um i want 100 percent think that's a problem oh a thousand percent. I, I actually think that i i would have loved for this book to have gone deep dive in that alone yeah and basically how he or someone thinks that how the education system can be made aware and flip this on its ear because I think that's what happens when you're when you go to these private colleges that he talks about Mm. it's a sense of entitlement that these kids have Mm -hmm. because their parents have taken care of everything right going up to that and then they're paying for these private colleges and so of course they're entitled to get what they want when they want it and how they want it right Right. yeah 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 well and I think that um I (laughs) um okay I think that parents I don't know it's hard because I'm not a parent I can only speak from like backlash of like super angry and rude parents Mm -hmm. where like my philosophy, just, you know, speaking of myself as an educator, but like, by the time I see you in high school, Mm -hmm. I've got certain expectations for you. Mm -hmm. Number one, you're going to learn while you're with me. Yeah. So you can get on that train now or in a couple of weeks from now, but either way, like you'll be learning from me. So if that means that you have your cell phone out and I need to say, Hey, uh, what's what's up with that? Yeah. And you don't put it away. Then two weeks later, you fail a test. That's yeah. It's not on you. Yeah. No, it's not. Because do you want me to mandate what you do with that cell phone? What are you going to do when you go to college or you get a job or you, you, right. So, and I've had to learn, right. Well, it's it's like the, one of the quotes that I, that I underlined is prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. Yeah. So you can't take away everything. Right. And then put, send them off on their way. Right. That's why we got a dog. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, because that's what I yes. can do for him. Right. He gets, as we all know, right. everything that he wants <laughs> when he wants it. Yes. Right. I mean, and it's why. Well, and I think it's hard because <laughs> parents, parents obviously want the best for their kids. Parents love their kids. Yes. And then how that plays out in a school setting or like in college I just think it's very dangerous when we are like sweeping all the problems or the number of like emails I've gotten from a parent that's concerned about a child's grade. The child could care less. Of course. And my point is, um, well, you know, I've been like, I've been talking with your kid, you know, like he knows what he needs to do and I will loot the parent in when they need to. Mm -hmm. But if you're 16, Like I'll, I'll reach out to the parent. Hey, like they're failing or, Hey, they're doing this. But like at the end of the day, it's on the kid. And would you not rather than realize like, I need to get together now than whenever they go where they're going. Right. So I think what's hard is like, I do think that it's like, yes, parents are looking out for their kids. But at the same time, when you are more concerned about your kid's success than your kid is, that's the problem. Like you, you can ignite the fire or you can like, you know what I'm saying? I I just think it's like, we are just, when you take it upon yourself to be more concerned about that kid's grade than that kid is, or that kid's success than that kid is, you're missing the mark. Right. Cause now you're pushing them into do something that. Which creates anxiety. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, for sure. It creates anxiety. Um, and maybe not even in the same way. Yeah. Because the kid probably isn't anxious about passing or failing. Right. But it's creating anxiety of not living up. Right. It's creating anxiety. I mean. Right. You know, all those things. What I would say is by the time you get at the high schooler. Yeah. Th- there's little you can do. Yeah. I mean, let's think about this. When you're in elementary school, when you roll into, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. That you're, you're kind of, yeah, that's who you kind of right. are at that point. Well, and like at the end of the day, especially like when I see them older, it's like, all I can really do is hold a high expectation. Right. And frankly, like me as a math teacher, <clears throat> they're not going to need what I'm teaching them in algebra two. They're not, unless they are going to do something high math, high, whatever. So here you have a majority of kids that aren't going to college. And if they are going to college, they're not going into a science field. So what I need you to do is I just need you to respect that you can learn. Right. And so we're going to, that's what we're going to do here. And we're going to learn how to learn. You're going to learn how to ask questions. Like you're going to learn how to do all this. But I think what's hard is algebra two, as an example, is a state tested subject. Right. Yeah. So does it benefit me to help you to learn how to learn? No, mm-hmm. it benefits me if you know what a quadratic formula is mm-hmm. and you can graph it and you can do yeah. all this crap. Mm-hmm. That does not benefit that kid. No. And that's how the whole system is. And that's what my biggest beef is like, we have, we're, we have shuffled all these kids do all this stuff. And if they're achievers and they want to learn and all that, it's great. But you have kids that they literally, they don't have food at home. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you about a quadratic equation and they're not, they're worried about what they're going to have. <laughs> yeah. For their, like, and yeah. that's not just the minority. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of kids that have a lot of stuff at home, whether it's food or parents that are gone or they're just missed. It's like, right. They're anxious. They're depressed. They're whatever. We don't know. I, but I need you to know what a quadratic formula is. That yeah. doesn't make sense. No, 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 it doesn't. They could care. I mean, no, they could care less. 
they and can't I do, focus. Yeah, and I do think like it's important for them to learn and all that. I just think like we have way missed what we are, te- what we think kids need to know, and then how we are like mandating what teachers do, and then that creates a culture of like I need you to do well for my scores as a teacher. Right. Well, then kids are entitled. They get to college. They're entitled. Like because well oh now I see that you need me to be a certain way so I'm gonna get what I want from you then you know right it's it is it is all about unfortunately I feel like I don't know if it's always been like this or it's just the older I get or what but I do feel like everything is about your own interest Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's school I don't care if it's work I don't you know people are becoming more and more and I don't know if that is a social media thing yeah. where people are more and more on their own platform and where people are more and more, you know, I, just, I mean, if I don't know. I, I just think that, like I said, I don't know if this is a new thing or if it's just because I'm old and I'm around more adults and, and children are getting older. But when you have the posture of what can you do for me? Mm-hmm then (laughs) yeah yeah it's not really great no and I just feel like that's what in my opinion I feel like this book is a lot about you know I I feel like he didn't really completely address that but that's what I took out of it I took out of it is is this culture this I gen the I is not for Apple like it's literally I like me like you know I realize it's because of iPod iPad iPhone iPhone, iPhone, all that but, but it's, it's, it really, the I is because you are the most important person and, yeah. and I don't care who I bulldoze in the way. Right. Yeah. Because my parents have taught me. Right. And do you think that like bulldoze or Longmore parents, do you think they're afraid? Like, what do you think is the heart of that? I think they don't, they think that if their children are not successful, that they will be judged. Oh, so it is all about, and they also, it goes back to the path of least resistance. If, if I mow down all of this in front of them, it makes it easier for me because I don't have an upset kid. Cause if your kid's upset, then you're upset. Let's just be honest. Right. I mean, that's no fun. Right. And you know, when your kid isn't being successful, then your people are looking around saying, well, you know, for example, okay. And this is just easy, easy. It has nothing to do with education. Yeah. Okay. So my kids, mm-hmm. they eat a lot of food, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it would be easier for me to scramble the eggs, make the toast, whatever, and then clean it up and put it away and be done because it's what I want. It's how I, it's how yeah. it's clean. It's, you know, it's what done. It, it's yeah. done. Right. But then what's, what are they going to learn? They're, they're never going to learn how to do it. (laughs) You know, I mean, they're going to go off to college and they're going to think that somebody has to fix something for them or or they don't understand that. So they, so you have to do the, take the minute, take the few times in a row of remember this is how you do it. And this is what you do. And then you put it away. And, and, and I'm not patting myself on the back for being a great parent because there's a lot of things that I do for my kids that I don't need to do. There's a lot of things. I am learning that there's a lot of stuff I need to stop doing because of like this kind of conversation. But so that's just little. Yeah. Well, right. you know, if you take it to everything, if you take it to everything, if you take it to sports, right. you know, like, well, I, 
um, I'm, we're not happy on this team because my kid's not getting enough playing time. So we're just going to move to another team. So they just take their kid and move to another team. And they just keep doing that until they get the playing time because they don't want their kid to struggle and have to fight for playing time. I wish you could see Haley's face right now. She's like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like the it's world. It's just so sad because how do you grow? How do you learn? How do you grow if you don't have struggle? Like, it's just, it makes me feel like these kids are, it's just like a plant. It's just like they're in a terrarium. Yes. Like, well, I mean, and that's, there's um, uh, one of the, one of the, my favorite thing. And I, it was my favorite part about the whole book, honestly. Yeah. And it was a, it was a speech and I should go back. It's on page 193. If you can find it. 193. But anyway, I always joke and say uh, when really good things like this come up, I'm going to put it in wallpaper and hang it in my kids' rooms. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So this is what I want to say. Oh, yes. Okay. This is good, actually. I From agree. time to time in the years to come, I hope you will be treated unfairly unfair, so you will come to know the value of justice. I hope you will suffer betrayal because that, that will teach you the importance of loyalty. Sorry to say, but I hope you'll be lonely from time to time so you don't take friends for granted. I wish you bad luck again from time to time so that you will be conscious of the role of chance in life and understand your success is not completely deserved and that the failure of others is not completely deserved either. And when you lose, as you will from time to time, I hope everyone now and then your opponent will gloat over your failure it is a way for you to understand the importance of sportsmanship i hope you'll be be ignored so you'll know the importance of listening to others i hope you'll have just enough pain to learn compassion whether i wish these things or not they are going to happen and whether you benefit from them or not will depend on your ability to see the message in your misfortune i'm telling you what yes that, yeah, is, that is good it's so good I mean it's so yes. hard to say I hope that these things happen or I'm so glad that these things happen to your kids but it's like how do you know how do you I mean Hutton did not make the eighth grade basketball team yeah okay I mean I'm talking devastation yeah I was crying yeah friends and neighbors and husbands are like it's fine you know I mean <laughs> right you know I mean it was it was it was it was sad it was awful he was yeah. sad I was sad he has wasn't as sad as me I don't think <laughs> but it goes back to what you're right, saying it's right. like you want and then you know it comes full circle of I'm so glad that happened yeah not only for him but also for his brother to see what that's right like. right and so you know you just have to you know it's okay what is it what do they say when you win you win but when you lose you learn oh I don't know but I like it I'm open to that you know yeah I think that's good yeah and so anyway so you thought you were gonna be on your soapbox I got on mine yeah get it girl. I get it I, I like it, it. I forgot about that so um, that was from um John Roberts too so he like spoke at his son's middle school graduation so Chief Justice John Roberts said that in 2017 I thought that was like um that was actually actually probably made the book worth it yeah I mean <laughs> But, but for real yeah it was i mean i'm yeah put it on wallpaper it, i love that yeah yeah because it's just really really it's so true and it's not like you know rude it's just no you need those things to yeah you need, need those things anyways. all right so let's move on so one of my other favorite things about the book was the cognitive behavioral therapy mm -hmm. so that's he calls it C cbt, CBT. and basically the whole idea behind cbt is to capture your thought 
focus on really what are you feeling and he he takes you through these steps essentially of um of you know name your feeling rate your level of distress write down what happened what's happening when the feeling begins ask yourself what type of you know cognitive distortion like how are you looking at this wrong mm-hmm. it does go back to what i was saying before and i think this is why this resonates with me is because I do feel like feelings are taking over everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's, it's yeah. a little out of control. Um, you know, look for evidence for and evidence against your thought, ask yourself what someone um, who would disagree with you may say. Good question. Yeah. Ask yourself and then consider what happened again, without any kind of distort, distort distortions, And then re-rate your level of distress. So it's like you're supposed to kind of like name it, be aware of it, and then kind of go through. I think, I don't care if you're a middle schooler. I don't care if you're 75. Mm -hmm. I think this is huge. A really good strategy. Yeah. It's very, yeah, it is. It's like very metacognitive. Like think about your thinking and then from there, like make an adjustment, observe it. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's good. I do too. I liked it. I thought it was, I, I thought honestly, the CBT yeah. and John Roberts speech were the two best things out of the book. Two best things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really were. So anyway, but, um, have you ever participated in any cognitive behavioral therapy? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, can you see a time when it, it would be helpful? Yeah. Probably like every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm very like high strung and now I'm just like super. Yeah. So I think that would be helpful. To pinpoint it. Talk it yeah, down. Yeah. Just talk it. Yeah. Talk it down. Yeah. Talk it down. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all about this. All, yeah. I totally agree. Um, all right. So you had a couple of other questions. Well, yeah. I was just making some notes about K-12, but really my, my biggest like issue. I don't think that this book is bad. <laughs> oh, it's okay um but I think this book is like super one-sided and I know that like you can tell from the beginning that it talks about college kids but it just really eats at me because there's a lot of kids that are not going to college and so I just think that it's a huge misservice like the title I think is like a huge disservice to kids I just think it's like we don't like only certain people are going to be reading this book. Right. Right. And a lot of like the people that are going to be reading this book probably did go to college. And then, so the voice of kids that don't go to college or who have adverse childhood experiences or whatever, not that like, not that kids who went to college don't have those things. I just think it's like a huge silencing of those kids and those kids, they have a lot of like adverse experiences that mm-hmm. are preparing them for adulthood. So they're not going to be the same as like these people writing because they don't have the time or capacity or mental space to be doing that because right. their life is like, that's like a luxury is I guess what I'm saying. Like some of these writers, I feel like, like, I don't think it's a luxury to like stand up for whatever. I just think like some of these, this entitlement is a, is a huge luxury that a lot of kids are not afforded. And I just think it's sad because like at the end of the day, a lot of these kids or whoever's doing this writing or whatever like they probably have social capital. They probably have people in their corner where these kids that are not going to college, they likely don't have as much social capital. They don't have a, as big of a support system. And that's where I just think like this book is basically like, 
they just leave them out. They just yeah, like they don't even yeah. And that's what makes me just so like I almost couldn't get over it. Every time I read it, it just made me so angry because I'm like, there are other kids. Like, this is not just so I I had a hard time with that, but that's yeah. just you know, I well, because it just, was taken from the lens of college students, right? And they're professors, so I get that. But I just think it's so like there needs to be. I think what you're saying is, first of all, this isn't the American mind. Yeah, the college educated is not the American mind. Yeah. It's, and, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, right, yeah. Right. You know, yeah. And just say that. And yeah. Then, but, but I, I, cause it's not. And right. then also then I think that I wish there was a, honestly though, like you were saying, it doesn't really matter if there was a book written yeah. about, you know, yeah. What, what the, what's the expectation on, capacity for to be able to learn about something to make themselves better when right. in reality those children are literally just surviving right you know yeah. they're 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 literally worried about whether they're even going to get their wi-fi right to do to their do, homework right, right or their you know or their online school right. because of the pandemic right do they even have a place at home to do that i mean it's just it, like even the same about the pandemic the number of kids that like they don't literally have a place yeah. to do that. And they don't have people to be like, okay, where are we logging on? Like, okay, let's go. How can I help you? Like, they don't have that. Right. And that's where it's just like, oh, it just eats at me because we have, because like all kids matter. And I feel like, honestly, it's just like, if all the kids do well, then we're all going to do well. Mm-hmm. But if we just don't even acknowledge that they, they, it's like, they don't even exist. I was like, and I know that wasn't their point here, but right, I just right. think it's so like it, it made it it made it even more polarizing. I yeah, think is what you're saying well, which and, is ironic, right? Because he was talking about how we don't need to polarize, be polarizing, right? Right. And, but I see what you're saying. Like this makes it makes that makes me and you or whoever's reading yeah. the book focus on more on these college kids, right? When in reality, right, we really need to be focusing on. Right all of the kids well and just like you know some of the recommendations about working with schools and and all this and homework and like that's great and all but like that involves actually reassessing what we think is important to mm-hmm. learn right and how, what learning looks like and so I just think that it's like that was never said I'm just like ah! but you know mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't think it was bad I think I had good ideas but I yeah it's like that just really eats at me but anyways well because you yeah I mean I get it yeah. I totally get it um any other thoughts um I think that's it. I'm I'm done with this book. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, and I'm out. And I'm out. Although right. that one John Roberts thing, I forgot about that. That that is good. I like it. Um. All right. So let's move on to our next. Our next. Book. Yes. You. What What is it? Our so, next. So this was March, yeah. obviously. So we've right. got one in April, and it is what. It is hidden figures. I'm so excited. I know. I've been wanting to read this like for forever. So we, Haley and I both have seen the movie. Yes. If you haven't seen the movie, don't watch it yet. Read the book with Read us. the book, yeah. Um, but anyways, Hidden Figures, we'll talk about it in April. And that'll come out April, I guess, 30th? No. Or April 30th. What are you talking about? Oh, That's March. Sorry, April the 2nd. Sorry, I'm trying to tell the people. <laughs> I'm like, so When they need to be ready. Sorry. 
Um, yeah, April second. April second. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. April second, we will Friday. talk about hidden for hidden. Oh yeah, hidden figures. Yeah, so we'll talk about hidden figures. Yeah, on April yeah. 2nd. So anyway, get you got a month to read it. A long month. I already have it on my nightstand. Okay, I don't, but I'll get it. Okay, my mom gave it to me. Actually, did I give it to her for Christmas and then she gave it back to me? Oh, she read it. Anyways, I don't know. I've got it. That's good stuff. All right, so let's finish it up. What's your finisher? Oh gosh, I started sweating. <laughs> it's okay hey i sweat all the time um, on the <laughs> okay so my my finisher is called it's called it's <laughs> i've lost my mind at this point okay um is bradley's chocolates they're peppermint patties oh is it dark chocolate yes uh, they have little ones or big ones oh little is perfect yes omg i'm obsessed i well i love permanent patties but these are just like the best legit dreamy and i talked shay to taking me there on friday or saturday sometime this weekend we went and they had them and oh. i was like i'll have some peppermint patties please oh. and they are just to die for yeah i never have had one but i do love a peppermint Woo! patty and bradley's has it going on yes you That's need to get stuff. them okay i will all right so my finisher is oh. fitness dice <laughs> oh okay so it's seven it's seven wooden dice mm-hmm. over forty-five thousand workout routines um so basically what you do is you take your dice you take like two at a time yeah and there's i mean you will your two is how many reps or seconds yeah and you roll that these are cool dice so we got one minute yeah and then my other one i'm rolling is a side hover plane a side hover. oh so then you do that for one minute and then you get another dice and roll it and you do straight leg kicks oh. for one minute. So you just keep rolling your dice and you get different times or reps and did all these different moves. I mean, these moves are strength, stretching, yoga, cardio, plyometric. Y'all, That's awesome. It's good stuff. So anyway, um, my mom got these um, for... Colton for Christmas. Yeah. And I have taken them. <laughs> I think they're so cool. They're very fun. So anyway, so maybe you'll you might have seen these before on our maybe maybe you'll pop up somewhere along the way on the on the old Instagram. We'll see. Yeah. But anyway, so that's for the fitness dice. All right. I think that is all. I think that is all. We so thanks it. for joining us. That is all for Jones of Sizes.